hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to the birthday edition of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. <laughs> More on that in a second. I am Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. On this week's vomitous episode, that's vomitous, Indeed says, here we grow again. Millennials still suck and so much cash is being handed out to TA Tech startups that Oprah would be impressed. Your check is probably in the mail as I speak. You get funding. You get funding. You get funding. Stay tuned. How many times has someone said to you, we're the Uber of, or it's the PayPal of, maybe they're the Facebook of, in many, many cases, these comparisons fall short of being close to reality or even a useful illustration of what organizations actually do. In the case of Job Ad X, our example is so accurate, so spot on, that it's synonymous with our work. Job Ad X is Google AdSense for jobs. That means we're an efficient, persistent, and smarter ad unit for job-related advertising. As the best ad tool in the industry, Job Ad X offers recruitment marketing agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms real-time dynamic bidding and delivery for client postings through the industry's first truly responsive tool. All this is done with the flexibility of Job Ad X's cost per impression, click, or application. We offer unique budget conservation options to effectively eliminate spending waste. We are not set in regret. For direct clients, Job Ad X delivers superior candidates with the best of programmatic efficiency and premium page ad positioning. We also provide publishers and job boards higher rev share than other partners through our smarter programmatic platform. In many cases, 30 to 40% greater and more through our scalable model. To partner with us, you can visit or search jobadx.com or email us at joinus at jobadx.com to get estimates or begin working together. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for your needs. Oh, you've been wondering why the British accent? Job Ad X has just launched in the UK too. Every time I hear that ad, uh, it, so, it makes me crave Guinness. She's English, dude, not Irish. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They, they brought they brought Guinness to uh, our interview. <laughs> That's true. Okay, now now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. Uh, so literally, as I as the ad was playing, uh, a, a news release came across uh, my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, H Careers, owned by DHI Group, owners of Dice and a few other ones, yep. uh, has sold yep. to Virgil Holdings. I've never heard of. <clears throat> so here's here's the quickie uh, release here. Virgil Holdings recently announced it has acquired H Careers, the premier North American recruiting brand and platform in the hospital- <laughs> hospitality sector from DHI wow. Group. The investment serves as a growth engine to expand H Careers capabilities as the next generation, blah, blah, blah. So, yep, we can go on with the show, but that just came across. I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, dice selling off their shit. There, there's going to be more of that, right? Yes, new CEO. I'm sure his first order of business is to dump all the fat from the organization. So, so happy birthday! I wanted to get to that real quick. Uh, few people know this. 
Chad and I born in the same year, one day apart, him on the 27th, me on the 28th, which makes him always older than me, which I like. But we are both celebrating birthdays uh, this weekend. So happy birthday, dude. Well, happy birthday and older. Yes, but also wiser, of course. (laughs) And more follically challenged, as always. (laughs) That's just all the testosterone. <laughs> and it's the Indy 500. It's it's like a big it's a big weekend here in, in Indianapolis. So it is. Uh, it's it is Memorial Day. I've got I've got seven tons of rock in my uh, driveway that need to make it to the uh, back for landscaping for a uh, high school graduation that's going to be coming up here in about a, a week or so. So I've got shit to do around the house as well. Yeah. Do you, do you include the two pounds of rock in your head when you when you count the the weightage of that? Oh, no, I, I don't count that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to shout-outs. Shout-outs. First shout-out goes to Chris Curran from the Podcast Engineering School. The Podcast Engineering School? Yeah, dude, yeah, no shit. I mean, this is a guy, and go figure, because I've had a ton of people actually reach out to me and say, hey, you guys do a pretty clean, it sounds good podcast. What do you use? Well, Chris, that's what he does for a living. So if you're you're interested in podcasting and not really sure what to do and how to do it, just visit podcastengineeringschool.com. There are a ton of podcasts and whatnot, and he actually featured me on this week's uh, podcast engineering school. I've got kind of like a radio background, but still um, I'm an amateur when it comes to this stuff. So uh, if you're thinking about it and you want to throw a pot out there, um, we did, uh, <laughs> we had our stumbles and and found a, a couple of uh, holes to drop into here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Do your research, do your research and, and check these guys out. You can also just pay Chad and I to teach you how to do it. We'll probably, <laughs> we'll, we'll accept checks. Well, I don't know. If you want to save yourself from the, the pitfalls that we had. Uh, I got a shout out to uh, my Ratedly webinar attendees. Oh, nice. uh, Ratedly, as we mentioned a lot, had a uh, webinar yesterday about the Glassdoor Indeed uh, marriage. Uh-huh. Had about you know hundred plus signups, so it was a good show. So thanks to everyone who who showed up. It was a good uh, it was a good showing. Very nice, very nice. Those two just snuggling up. Just snuggling up. Kuba from Microsoft reached out and said he just found the podcast and uh, is going to be binging this entire weekend. So, uh, Kuba, just crack open uh, a cold one and uh, let the knowledge flow, man. We, we get a lot of bingers. A lot of people mention like, yeah, I just binged all the episodes this weekend. That's that's very odd to me. But, hey, if we're in the same category as Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, then, you know, so be it. <laughs> I got a shout out to Kelsey Gee. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It's either Gee or G. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reporter for the Wall Street Journal is a fan. Oh, nice. So, Kelsey, we, we appreciate you tuning in. Love yeah, it. Keep listening, Kelsey. Ed from Philly. He's loving the firing squad. Uh, here's from, from Twitter. Hashtag Chad Cheese really hammering their guest on firing squad. That's right, Ed. That's right. Suckers beware. I got a shout out to Omer. I hope I oh, said yeah. that correctly. He's in the, he's, his company's in the news, but I wanted to just give him a shout out as the first ever firing squad guest. Uh, he's seeing some success there, uh, at his company, which we'll talk about later, but, um, 
Longtime fan, first time victim, Omer. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Love you. Him. Uh, Ivan Vega gets a shout out for tagging us, or maybe he was just trolling us on LinkedIn. I don't know. Um, anyway, there was uh, all these damn lists that are coming out. Top five podcasts, top five bloggers, influential people, all this other bullshit. But anyway, there was one that was top five great recruitment marketing podcasts. Uh, we weren't listed on it, so he was uh, he he was. He was sad that we weren't on it, but Ivan, we weren't listed because it wasn't the top five badass podcasts, which we would have probably had the top three positions, at least firing squad, our exclusive podcast (laughs) and weekly podcast. Not to mention, I'm going to tease this. We didn't talk about this, but stay tuned because here in about a month or so, a new segment's going to be coming out called the shred. Ooh. Nice little tease there. I like that. Yeah. How are we not mentioned on these top lists for, for like podcasts? One, there aren't that many. <laughs> um, two, we're awesome. But three, no one is cranking out content like we are. Like we're just churning this stuff out. Anyway. Yeah. F you if we're not on your best <laughs> podcast and HR list, as far as I'm concerned. All right. You ready? You ready to get to this? You Let's got more shout outs. Let's do this. All right. Here we grow again. Oh, Jesus. Indeed, announcing this week uh, they're going to be hiring 3,000 new employees, as well as adding two new locations in the Austin, Texas area, which is where they call home. Yeah. Um, I say this is, this, is, this is pretty cocky, considering, you know, Google's knocking at your, at your door. Yeah. I see this as show of strength. We've got the money. Uh, and we might as well use it to be able to start trying to fortify. Uh, and that's uh, with a ton of salespeople, engineers, so on and so forth. But Indeed has a quadrupled global headcount in the last three years alone. Um, so mm-hmm. this addition, I mean, they, they've they've just been growing on a steady pace. The thing is, throughout that growth before, they didn't have a Google for Jobs uh, Facebook and uh, Microsoft slash LinkedIn looking down the barrel at them. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, the, the the hires are one thing, but the expansion in terms of real estate oh. is is really ballsy. Yes. Um, I mean, apparently the, the total of square footage is 615,000. Um, apparently this is in the quote block uh, 71 uh, area of Austin. I don't know what that means, but it's apparently really cool, high priced, up upper scale uh, type area for commercial real estate. So yeah, they're, they're making some pretty big bets. I hope that their, uh, you know, their product can cash the checks that their, uh, their real estate investments are, are buying. I think you, you actually put in, in our, in our Facebook group, this sets up for an epic collapse. <laughs> yeah. It feels a lot like all these industries where, you know, the times are great. They've had tremendous growth. They sort of ignore the the writing on the wall, and they're buying real estate, or they're building huge, you know, skyscrapers. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're having. Exi- uh, it kind of reminds me of the Enron Worldcom stuff, where people were having like uh, Roman theme parties and <laughs> crazy, just crazy, or even the dot com period, yes. right, where everyone was having parties. They were giving away cars. Like you know, we take these huge bets, and then life has a way of slapping us around when we get really, uh, you know, confident. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And, and I mean, that being said, 
you take a look at, uh, so th- there was this uh, really short kind of teaser commercial that Microsoft put out with regard to its Dynamics product, which is more of a holistic type of a product than just recruiting. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, the entire video pretty much really focused on how LinkedIn will help your sales not recruiting. So, you know, yeah. this is, th- from my standpoint, this is where Indeed is really just going to get slaughtered because Google, uh, Microsoft, Facebook, these are lifestyle platforms that we use for more than just recruiting. So being able to actually seep into every little aspect of an organization, especially when it comes to sales, right? Uh, that's pretty fucking big. So it was, it was a, it was a pretty cool tease. I'm glad you said that. I mean, uh, LinkedIn is pushing the, the sort of sales tool, um, sales harvesting, sourcing, uh, managing product really, really hard. Um, and somewhere there is a, there's a sales podcast with two idiots talking about Salesforce (laughs) shitting, shitting in their pants because, that's having the same impact on the sales, you know, the, the CRMs as their recruitment products have on our mm-hmm. industry. So it, it definitely, uh, I think when we talked about the acquisition initially, it was like a huge Salesforce sort of uh, flank movement. And we're started seeing, sort of seeing that now with the sales tools that, that LinkedIn is, is pimping out pretty hard. Right. It's just being able to execute. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. We've seen companies over the years that have had applicant tracking systems and they've been pulled into a much larger type of ecosystem, different uh, technologies. Over time, uh, the ATS in itself just went to shit. So the question is, will they be able to focus on all of these different areas and do it right? Um, the gamble is, well, yeah, they're going to be able to do it right because of these platforms like the LinkedIn's. Um, they are already have that dedicated force that's there to ensure that it's being done right. So I think from a Microsoft LinkedIn holistic standpoint, that's going to turn out much better than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about platforms. I mean, Google... And Microsoft, I mean, they're creating the the ultimate enterprise platform. Oh yeah, like it's not just hiring; it's everything. Yeah. It's your it's your docs, it's your powerpoints, it's your sales, uh, you know, management system. Now it's your recruiting and employment, you know, platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an area indeed isn't even like gonna go. No, they're not going to do sales tools. They're not going to do you know word processing and shit like that. So. Um, these are like massive platforms and companies are going to make decisions like, okay, we're a Microsoft house or we're a Google mm-hmm. house. And either one, whichever one we choose is going to be our front front to back uh, solution for just about everything. That's what these guys are building in yeah, my mind. Yeah. And in many cases, HR or recruiting isn't even going to have an opportunity to weigh in because, oh no, we're already using the Microsoft Dynamics platform for sales. It has a, a recruiting mm-hmm. component that that's automatically a part of it. So yeah, we're either a Google house or a Microsoft house, whatever it is. Um, we've seen that in the ATS space. It hasn't Again, worked out incredibly well, but we'll see. We'll definitely see how it works out uh, this go around. Won't that be interesting if HR doesn't even have a voice with what their solutions are? Dude, as soon as HR and <laughs> and talent acquisition starts to understand how to spin what they do into how it impacts the bottom line, actual business, right? How does how do you do that? <clears throat> then 
that's a conversation that business and CEOs, COOs, CMOs, CROs, they all understand. As soon as you can start to speak their language, which is business and bottom line, that's what matters, right? All these terms mm-hmm. that we have in our industry are all bullshit terms that mean nothing to uh, to, to to the big C-suite, right? So that's where yeah. we start to hone in on uh, and focus in on those things. Then then you know we start to make we start to make up ground. Yeah, and I'll give you another. Uh, you know, we talked to a CEO at iSims this week, a podcast that's coming out uh, in. Colin Day. You know, he's very confident that the ATS enterprise market is super safe mm-hmm. for him. And I'm not so sure when I read stories like this that he shouldn't be super concerned like long term about Microsoft and Google, you know, getting into his sort of market. Because I do believe there will be a time where, you know, the CTO just says, hey, we're running everything out of Microsoft. Like all your sales stuff, like get rid of Salesforce, whatever hiring stuff you're using, get rid of that because we're going to use 365 for everything. Yeah. And that's happened already over the years. I mean, that's it's we'll throw in the ATS for free. So therefore, you know, HR doesn't even get a get a chance because the CIO or the CTO made the decision. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we've talked about Google for a little bit, but they uh, are a little bit in the news here before we go to a quick break. Uh, Google, the don't be evil mantra <laughs> has been with them for almost the beginning of the company. Yeah. Um, how it happened was, is, has been sort of folklore, but apparently someone, they were looking at writing the, uh, sort of mission statement for the company and someone jokingly said, you know, how about don't be evil? And they embraced that and it has been their thing for a long time. Um, Steve Jobs famously, uh, before his passing said, don't be evil is a bunch of bullshit. I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but he basically <laughs> said Google very evil and they stopped using that. Well, this, this past week, uh, the don't be evil has been crossed out or eliminated from any sort of corporate, you know, word, do- any corporate document. So mm-hmm. it sounds like they've officially moved on from that, which for me is like an old Google guy. I know you're a current Google guy, an old Google guy. Um, it's sort of sad. It's sort of a, a you know, days gone by, yeah. internet, kumbaya. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those days are apparently over at uh, the big G. We're getting into the, the age of transparency. They know they can't bullshit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but they are sure going to try with their with their crappy phones. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about, oh, God, millennials. America's Job Exchange is celebrating our 10th year as an industry leader in diversity recruitment and OFCCP compliance. We've been helping our 1,000-plus customers comply with OFCCP regulations that directly support positive and effective diversity recruitment designed to attract and convert veterans, individuals with disabilities, women, and minorities, and empower employers to pursue and track active outreach with their local community-based organizations. Want to learn more? Call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www.americasjobexchange.com. Oh, yeah. Millennials. <laughs> Mostly millennials. Okay, we got three items here yes. that are in the, I guess, 35 and under range mm-hmm. of, of relevancy. Definitely. So the first one we have here is is more and more companies are paying off student loans 
as a recruiting tool and a retention tool. Yeah. How do we feel about this? It just makes good goddamn sense. I mean, they should be doing that um, as a, a way to pull in candidates, right? To be able to get them on, let's say, three-year contracts or something like that. Um, but I think they should actually go further. I mean, if you take a look at the the best recruiting machine that is out there in the world, the U.S. Army or really the U.S. military, they bring you in and say, hey, we will we will actually pay X amount, one hundred thousand dollars in some cases, one hundred thousand dollars in your four year education. Come in, give us three years, give us four years, whatever it is, you're on contract and boom, here we go. Right. Um, that's a great way to be able to get somebody pipelined into obviously your organization. It doesn't have to be four years, could be obviously uh, much less time. But this is kind yeah. of, I think, like a stair step into, into getting to that. That's, that's one of the reasons why I joined the military. I mean, they had, uh, you know, the college fund for goodness sakes and, uh, that my parents couldn't afford college. Um, so, uh, why not? It makes good sense. And if you've got a great brand and somebody wants to come work for you, you're actually recruiting them, um, coming out of high school, then, uh, there you go. Or maybe even coming out of college. I mean, again, there are several ways you could actually engage talent, um, but get them on contract. Mm-hmm. Why not get them on contract? So I think it's I think it's a an incredible recruiting tool, um, and probably even a sort of grow your own strategy. Yeah. Um, but how do you feel of, about it as a retention tool? Because my experience, although limited in the corporate world, has been oh you're going to pay for my MBA, great, or you're going to pay for you know ex- whatever whatever education is that you're helping me get, and then guess what I'm out of here. So. I, I agree. It's a great recruiting tool. I just think companies, it's its getting to be something that companies have to mm-hmm. do, but it's an incredible risk because once you get somebody an MBA or you pay for education, once you've paid and they've done it, then they're gone. Well, that's why you need to be on contract. I mean, there's got to be a contract that works for, you know, the, the, the employee and it works for the employer. So yeah, I, I, I agree, but that's going to happen. Not to mention it's also your charge as an employer uh, to be able to focus on retention, right? But I think one of the things that we're really missing here is that the problem is that we're treating a symptom of the actual disease. The disease itself is education is more expensive in this country than anywhere else in the world. And that's from David Pratt, who's a professor at Albany Law School who actually studies mm-hmm. employee benefits. We're paying more money here in the United States, sending our kids into debt. Um, and we're asking, obviously, the employers to pay for it. I think the employers should pay for it. But I also think that it is it is ridiculous. And we've had this discussion before that Stanford has a twenty five billion dollar endowment. Harvard has a thirty six billion dollar endowment. That is ridiculous. They are they are they are pulling in cash, sitting on cash that they can't spend. And guess what? They're not giving back to the community and being able to get some of those more low risk, let's say, individuals um, who wouldn't be going to college, who who are incredibly smart and pulling them in to their programs. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, they're private institutions. They can kind of do whatever they want. I agree that public institutions should have more sort of, and I think that they are. I think that the whole thing's a racket, dude. Like, I mean, the government, it is a racket. The government will ensure the payments. So colleges charge more because they know that loans will be there to be, you know, loans will be had. Uh, 
it's a racket for sure. Um, and you're right about other countries. We don't, we don't have the answer. We're not going to get to the answer, but I think companies are trying to get their head around, um, how do we recruit the best by obviously paying, repaying loans? I think companies also at some point will be the educators yes. in many levels. Yes. Um, I know that, uh, the high school where my sister lives, their auto shop department is run by O'Reilly or whoever, yeah. right? So they're actually growing from high school, teaching these these kids how to fix, you know, engines or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they graduate and they just pull them right into the workforce. So in some levels, colleges will probably start educating these kids, right? Like, why not go to Microsoft University? Yeah, yeah. Well, why not go to Google, you know, Google U yeah. and learn yeah. coding? Well, so my, my point when it comes down to these colleges, I mean, I don't care if they're public or private, they still have tax exemptions, right? That's bullshit. They, they need to, they need to give back to the communities. I don't care if they're private or they're public. They still have tax exemptions as nonprofits. They need to give back to the communities. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Now, back when we went through high school and there still happens today, just not as much. We had uh, the quote unquote vocational wing uh, or even different schools that individuals went to that that kids went to to become electricians, to become plumbers, become mm-hmm. carpenters. Um, I think we've gotten into pretty much uh, a snobby kind of uh, uh, culture in the United States where it's like you have to have a four year degree. And to be quite frank, not everybody needs a four year degree to have a great career to make incredible money. You see some of the money that uh, these individuals are making um, and NPR just, they, they put out uh, a, um, uh, an article that focused on, do, do you even need college? Because high paying trade jobs are sitting mm-hmm. empty today. And these kids are coming out of high school right out of the gate, making $50,000. And that's just starting. I'm really torn on the issue of, do we really need traditional school? anymore yeah Yeah. i think i I think for sure certain certain skills or certain professions definitely do um if you're going to be a lawyer doctor you know sort of the traditional degreed profession Mm -hmm. you know to be a professor like you have to go to college but like technology it changes so fast i mean a a four-year degree i mean 10 years later it's irrelevant because technology has changed i mean i do think that college um the, the best thing about college is the is learning the ability to learn, if that makes sense, right? Like college should should stretch your mind to the degree that you say like, OK, if there's a problem, I should be able to solve it. I should be able to figure out how to whatever, right? Like marketing, for instance, SEO did not exist when mm-hmm. I went to school, right? Banner ads did not exist. Um Social media, you know, marketing, mobile marketing, text messaging, like none of that stuff existed. Um, I didn't go to school for it. I had to learn it on the fly. So I think you're always learning. Um, so I think you, have, you don't have to go to college, but I do think, I also do think it is something you'll have for the rest of your life that you can sort of say like, Hey, I achieved this goal. Now, is that goal worth 50 to a hundred thousand dollars? I think that's a total debate that's healthy. My college education, you know, 80 years ago was much less of an investment than it is now. Yeah. And I think that's a tough decision uh, parents have to make. As, as an individual who's hired before, and, and what I look for, obviously, is definitely the willingness to learn. There's no question there. But the biggest piece is I want somebody who's a troubleshooter, somebody who is a problem solver, right? Who has that mm-hmm. just instinctively. 
where they're not constantly coming to you asking questions. They're trying to figure it out and they've done a ton of research before they come to you to be able to say, here's what I've done. Here's what I've seen. And then start to start to collaborate on what the, uh, the perspective outcome might be, right. Or what we need Uh to do. The actions might be. Yeah. Those are, those are things that you can learn in college. There's no question. I agree with that, but you can also learn that in the military. You can learn that in trade schools. You can learn that, uh, going volunteering overseas and dealing in different cultures and different climates with, uh, you know, different populations of people. There are so many different ways to do that. And tacking a bachelor's degree on every goddamn job that a company has makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Degrees tend to fluctuate in terms of how much demand there is for certain positions, right? Like, so when there's a glut of workers, it's like, oh, well, let's pre-screen people by saying they have to have a a bachelor's degree or X amount of experience. But when they really need people, like, they kind of dismiss the degree, you know, question. Yes. Well, one guy that probably did not have a degree, uh, our next story (laughs) here, uh, parents sue a 30-year-old, their 30-year-old son to move out. Yay, millennials. And the parents won. Now, you you know more about this story than I do. What's going on? Well, they sent him several eviction notices, right? He, he just wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave. And forcibly, you know, he was he was much larger than his father. Um, uh, you know, that just wasn't going to happen unless, you know, his dad would have been more like me and got a couple of buddies and said, hey, you know, we're going to throw your ass out on your ear unless you're out in two hours. Um <laughs> But I mean, it was something that he had to go to court for, which was ridiculous. And the judge actually said, yeah, you get your ass out of your parents' house. Uh, but it was funny because I was watching a video um, of it. Even after the decision was was laid out, um, this idiot still approached the bench, not asked to. He approached the, the bench on of his own volition and tried to continue to argue with the judge. And the judge said, look, my judgment has been passed. And he got up and he walked away. I mean, it was it was just ridiculous. And I'm going to take a little bit of a devil's, you know, devil's advocate approach on this. Like, let's point a little bit of the finger at the parents. Like, if, if they've raised him up to this point to be a blood-sucking leech of a deadbeat, like... Some of that's on them. Like they, people should raise independent, um, you know, self-sufficient, successful people. And if they don't, a little bit is on them, right? The expectation definitely needs to be set. But, you know, for a grown ass man to pretty much who doesn't have a job to, to be able to say, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not getting out. I'm not going to go put my uh my my application in at lowe's or somewhere which is good work and they need people for goodness sakes i'm not going to do that i'm not going to pay rent right they even offered him eleven hundred dollars to leave yeah which he took and he paid some of his bills with and he still didn't leave what an asshole on that note let's hear from one of our sponsors (laughs) and talk about all the money that's been thrown around lately in our space Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. 
our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Okay, I've, I've, got, I've, got to, I've got to nail this one home before we go to the next topic. So <laughs> back, to, back to this, this 30-year-old asshole. He was asked whether he was hurt by their his parents' drastic measure of taking him to court and kicking him out. And this is what he said. So I think this really exemplifies what we're seeing kind of like in this generation. Here's his quote. They're very much a moot point to me. Right now, I'm just worried about what's best for me. <laughs> uh-huh. <the> Selfishness. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Let's move on from the 30-year-old deadbeat and talk about people who aren't deadbeats getting crazy money. Booyah. All over the world. Mm-hmm. Um I say we kind of rapid fire this and t- tell like which one are we most impressed with or which one stands out the most. How's that sound? Let's start with Phenom people. Let's start with those guys. $22 million and overall 31, right? So they've gotten $31 million. That's a ton of cash, right? Not too shabby. Well, I mean, yep. Formerly I momentous. Yes. Arguably the worst, the worst name ever in our industry. <laughs> I momentous. So, you know, in talking to this is this is interesting. In talking to Colin Day, you know, this week and and we asked him, you know, several questions with regard to, you know, why they stayed private and didn't take VC. You know, this is one of the things that ran true, rang true with me was, you know, you gotta watch how much money you take. Because, you know, what are you gonna have to sell for, let's say? Um, to be able to come whole on something like this. Yeah. You know, that was something that uh, Eric from Text Recruit at uh, the TA Tech meeting in uh, Vegas, he sort of back sl- uh, backhanded um, Maya, the uh, chat bot, oh, yeah. saying something like, you know, do they really need $40 million? <laughs> you know, what what exactly is there that is valued at that? So, yeah, I agree um, that it, you know, it, basically when you when you get money in investment, you know, it's not like, free money it's a loan that has to be repaid usually 10 times what you get so there is a lot of burden in that but phenom people um you know the platform sort of i call it the hub spot for recruiting players Mm -hmm. um they're in that space and you know ed ed newman who's a friend of ours uh long time uh, guy in the industry uh doing i think their sales initiatives um apparently they're getting some some traction i know i know they just signed microsoft which is a huge win i'm sure for them um and they have some other big enterprise companies so yeah it can happen the more and more recruiting and marketing sort of bleed into each other these companies are going to find some interest in what they do yeah and the more money that's being thrown out there it's kind of like oprah you get funding you get funding you get yeah. funding. This is uh, this is this is one of those kind of scenarios, and and I think you know yeah. this is it's is definitely once again one of the one of the big players that uh, they deserve some money. Twenty two million dollars. Oh man, that's going to be a lot to pay back. And I think two million of that was just to change their name <laughs> from I Momentous to Phenom. Uh, Vervo, who we mentioned, their their founder uh, in the opening, uh, they got some money this this yeah. month. Uh, to the tune of 3.5 million. Now, most interesting to them is who it came from. Uh, Seek, who we rarely talk about um, here in the States, but if you're in Australia, they are they are it. Um, so to have Seek, an Australian like sort of gorilla, 
uh, fund your Australian startup is a pretty big deal. And, and I think Vervo may be their yeah. brand that they sort of use to uh, break into the States because to come into the States and say, hey, we're a job board in Australia called Seek. Yes. is a lot harder harder to get traction probably than hey we're a startup called Vervo that does uh, video interviewing mm-hmm. um, that's probably a lot closer to uh, to get some traction on oh well yeah I also found out from a, a news report that um, seek does not let indeed uh, scrape their content so they're one of the big players in a country who's who's told indeed we're not going to play and that sort of has worked out for them in holding their uh, their market share. Yeah. Well, and it, as we see with Stepstone, you know, buying up Universum, I mean, we're starting to see these job board ask job site ask types of companies buying up different types of technologies or funneling cash obviously into those types of uh, organizations to be able to perspectively who knows uh, create a much more full product suite um, obviously just you know pushing a few million to uh, to vervo isn't uh, isn't that step yet but you know I think it's mm-hmm. a step closer and if you see seek um, who is I mean they are really the Goliath in their market what are they going to be next though because Google for jobs is coming yeah. their way too and and everybody's got to look for that everybody's got to look for that next threat so that next threat is going to be what and what in the hell are you going to do about it to be able to hook up with Omer and, and the team over at Vervo I think is uh, it, it's, it's a good first step yeah I think it makes a ton of sense if you're a, a currently established job site or, or anybody that's established to make bets on these sort of startups that are all over the place. And let's, I mean, be honest, like 3.5 million to seek is probably yeah. nothing. Um, so for them to like keep the money at home in Australia to have someone nearby, um, but any company, um, you know, the next of the world, the, the Taurus, the zip recruiters, like that makes a lot of sense to place little bets around the marketplace to see what hits and what's your next sort of, you know, multi-million dollar uh, company or growth engine. Yeah. And I think smart for Vervo. I mean, obviously getting getting some cash, but not getting $22 million worth of cash um, to be able right. to, to, to start to really build that out. So good. Again, good. Good on Omer and his team. Yep. A couple others that I know nothing about um, debut out of the UK and app. Mm hmm. Um, they got $6.7 million. Yeah. Uh, I have no comment on them. Looks focused mainly on interns and graduate student jobs. Yeah. Their claim to fame in this investment or the, their team is, uh, the English version of shark tank. It's called dragon's lair or dragon's den. Yeah. Uh, he was on that show. So that's sort of like the newsworthy part of debut. But other than that, I got nothing. So he he was on the show as a contestant trying to get cash or he wasn't? No, I think he was a judge. I think he's one of the investors. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, Mark Cuban or one of those guys investing. It'd it'd be a news event in our industry for sure. Yeah. I think any of those guys actually getting into the job space, it probably wouldn't do much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Azuna... I guess I, I wrote that down right. Got eight million pounds, which is like ten million dollars, right? If my pound to to money or <laughs> to, to money. dollar <laughs> is any is any good, and I know zip about them, so uh, good for them, honey. Job search engine, and and uh, yeah, I mean they're they're more I would say global uh, as as opposed to just U.S. Uh, so. 
yeah, I think uh, they're they're going to be in the crosshairs of a of a Google for Jobs. So I think it is interesting that this kind of money would flow to them, unless they're looking to try to spin off into to something more than just being job search. Anyone else get money? Yeah, a company called Hopscotch, Hopscotch dot work, uh, um, which is yeah, I mean yeah, dot jobs dot work, new one coming out dot real estate, um, but Hopscotch dot work. <laughs> They received seed funding, undisclosed seed funding. But I thought this was interesting because it's another female specific platform for jobs, Um, more of like a community oriented. Uh uh, It looked like more of an app than it was anything else. But just being able to take a look at instead of the general types of job sites who we know have have really dominated over the years, these uh, these these niche sites um, I think uh, are are definitely going to uh, going to going to weather the storm, the the Google for Jobs types of storms that are happening much better than the general job site. So that's that was an interesting interesting headline. Chad, I want you to make up a random startup business, and I'm going to give you a dollar, and we're going to put out a press release saying that you've got an undisclosed <laughs> amount of seed money as investment. And watch how many people write about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure TechCrunch was on this like ASAP. Yeah, I hate when I get releases about undisclosed money. Like, don't waste my time with that bullshit. Um, speaking of wastes of time, <laughs> um, job.com. I was trying to rack my brain. Didn't didn't CareerBuilder own job.com at one point? Own jobs.com. Did someone did a big player used to own job.com or have they always no, been job, job.com? jobs.com? My bad is owned by Monster. Yeah. Monster. And CareerBuilder is job.com, wasn't it? I I thought for sure it was like it was a total SEO play back in the day. They had like nothing branding of CareerBuilder anywhere, but it was all CareerBuilder jobs. And I think they sold it. Um, to these cats a few years ago. Anyway, um, they're they're crap, basically. I mean, they have a great no- domain, but it doesn't mean anything now because Google doesn't give a shit anymore about that. I mean, some people might type in job.com, but I doubt it. Anyway, they're sort of re- repositioning the company as blockchain. Um, I, I still can't get my head around why that's good. So you have my data in a blockchain, like multiple... Uh, you know, places like who cares? It's still like searching for jobs and applying for jobs. I mean, blockchain just feels like, oh, people write about us if we say we're blockchain, just like AI or deep learning five years ago. Yeah. So let me clear up a couple of things real quick. Career Builder is jobs.net. Monster uh, is okay. jobs.com. So yeah, they might have possibly bought this from somebody a time ago or, or maybe not maybe it's just been hanging out there but here's here's what i saw so they've got an interesting video that's pulled together and none of it looks like it's blockchain mm-hmm. to me so except for the 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 smart contract something else that's different is that employers will pay six percent of the fee right so instead of paying 20 percent of a placement fee it's six percent of the fee the employee, after they make it through a probation, uh, probationary period, receives 5% of that 6%. Interesting. And job.com is only going to get 1% out of that. So that that to me was, was kind of mind-blowing on, okay, so mm-hmm. the actual job seekers themselves are going to get the bulk of the cash. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. 
That's kind of interesting. It all feels like a lot of spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks for a for a for a fledgling uh, job site. Basically, we should definitely get their CEO on and talk to them about what the hell. I mean, all of this seems like the job agents, you know, oh, we're going to match you up with this. Okay, well, shit, they've been kind of doing that via email for years. What makes this different? Is it AI versus what? what is this? And how does that even have anything to do with blockchain? I mean, I, I from my standpoint, it's all AI, 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 chatbots, chatbots, chatbots. Oh, wait a minute, blockchain. We've got to throw blockchain in there too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, not to go back to the iSims interview, yes. Colin Day, but one thing that he said that was real that stuck with me was he tells his salespeople, our competition isn't, you know, ABC job site or right. ATS or whatever. It's confusion in the mm-hmm. marketplace because it's so many options like breeds non activity. And to me, when I hear about these sites that just throw stuff in the messaging, like I think, I think consumers just go, I don't even know anymore. Like I'm just not going to buy, like I'm not even going to look at this stuff anymore. No decision is the worst. Yes. Well, sometimes, (laughs) um, let's end on this note automation who we say is the end of the world and revolution and all the jobs being gone a report out of wall street journal this week says not not so fast Uh, the story quote says robots seem to be creating as many if not more jobs as they're killing according to the wall street journal Uh, companies such as bmw and electrolux are turning to robots to handle repetitive tasks that could put humans in danger all while hiring and training workers to perform duties that require creativity and judgment uh, today's machines do not possess. And then goes on to talk about Germany's industrial workforce as one example is expected to grow 1.8% by 2021 on the wings. Go ahead and cue the songs of such autom- automate automation. I think we all agree that automation is going to displace the monotonous stuff. But if you don't have a yes. brain, you're still screwed. Yeah, I that's step one, right? And and I agree. That's the the easy step, and that's how you you get them hooked on the on the heroin, right? Um, is oh yeah, AI is great. It took all this shit that we didn't want to do off of our table. Um, but guess what? It's just going to progress. Mm-hmm. It's going to get more, and so so yeah, I, it's kind of like I, I see it to autonomous vehicles, where right now we don't have enough drivers for semi trucks. Mm-hmm. So this is a great window for. Uh, autonomous vehicles to actually make their entrance into the market. And we're seeing, you know, uh, I think autonomous level four at this point, Mm five is the last step where there's no driver and we're already at four. So yeah, I I totally get that. There's going to create more jobs, so on and so forth. We're looking at things right in front of our nose. We're not looking into the future. And I think that's where we really need to be spending our time. Yeah. 2021 is not that far away. No, and and I agree that automation will, will more augment initially than it will replace workers. But I think what we're talking about is like 2050. What's the world going to look like? Yeah. And that's going to be a much more scary place, probably. It is. And, and if you haven't, go to YouTube, search for Wally Dystopia and that little video. That'll show you exactly what's what's going on. <laughs> or go just look at some of Boston uh, robotics oh, videos. Yeah. To not to not sleep ever again. Um, anyway, dude, happy birthday! On happy that birthday, note, uh, enjoy enjoy it until the machines take over. We out. We out. 
Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.